Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Along with my co-host, my twin brother, Danny Brown, I'm excited to be able to present a new topic, one that we started talking about not too long ago. And what I want to talk about today is speaking with empathy. And I'm really excited about continuing to share our thoughts, our opinions on how we can support driven professionals who are looking to become more effective communicators. And so that's why today's topic is so exciting. We're going to talk about speaking with empathy. And as I mentioned earlier, it's going to be an episode where we take a deep dive, a deep dive into this essential, what we call quality of a leader. So let's talk about speaking with empathy because there's not a lot of leaders out there. Let's just be honest, Dan. There are a lot of leaders that have great passion, great confidence, great insight, but for the most part, there are leaders that lag in this department of really understanding how to empathize with their employees, how to understand what it's like to walk a mile in their shoes. And so this is why we're talking about this, Dan. So let's talk about speaking with empathy. Dave, I love this topic. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not just employees that need to improve and grow. Leadership needs to do the same thing. And so when we think about this topic, this is a great opportunity for leaders to improve their ability to empathize. It's vital. It's vital for the health of the organization and the growth of the individual leader itself. You know, as we mentioned during that previous episode, empathy in the simplest form is placing yourself in someone else's shoes. You just stated that. It's not just coming up with some niche concept or anything like that. This is very crucial, very, very important. We, we have seen study over study over study. People leave companies. Why do people leave companies? Bad boss, right? right? Bad boss. That's the number one reason why people leave companies. And so really, the, it's now more crucial than ever before that leaders put themselves in their employees' shoes. It's not a technical skill that someone can just learn. It's an interpersonal and social skill. That's really the key. That's what this is all about. I call this having a heart set. A heart set that a leader can grow in. Dan, it's interesting you use the phrase or the term rather heart set and not mindset. I did. I did. I mean, the best way to grow in this ability is to socially interact with others. Basically, is to take this beyond the mental or cognitive acceptance of what a leader should be. Think about all the business books we've read, all the things we've gone through in school that tells you exactly what a leader should be. And unfortunately, a lot of times we get bad examples. We have bad leaders. When we get into a position of leadership, we really have a bad example of what it means to be a leader. I think really at the end of the day, it comes down to growing and empathy, where you feel deeply of the person or the situation. This is being able to connect on a heart level. 
It's a whole different situation than ever before. And that's why you call it a heart set, Dan. I think that's so true. It's so much more than just having a quote unquote understanding. You really got to have the right heart, the right, develop the right heart muscles in a sense to learn how to really take care of your employees. Before we talk about or go into, Dan, how to help leaders speak with empathy, I want to briefly discuss some techniques for a leader wanting to communicate with empathy. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Today, we'd like to thank our sponsor, AppGallup, where cloud meets commerce. AppGallup is a cloud commerce automation and marketplace platform, enabling service providers to drive revenue growth, achieve agility, and kickstart digital transformation. In fact, if you're in the telco space or you're an internet service provider, AppGallup will accelerate your time to the fast-growing cloud market, delivering all the top-selling cloud services to your customers with unified identity, access, subscription billing, and payment management. If you want to sell your cloud platform, you need AppGallup. If you have telco products, circuits, switches, hosting services, whether it's private cloud or public cloud, and you want to include AWS, Microsoft Azure, and Google, you want to make sure you use AppGallup, the one-stop platform for digital transformation. Thank you very much, AppGallup. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Let's talk about active listening. Too many leaders don't listen to understand. They listen to respond. I know this from being married for 22 years. There are times I'm like, waiting. Okay, when she's done, I'm going to say what I want to say. I can't wait to throw this back at her. I can't wait to respond in, in a way that's going to make her see my point. That's not active listening. When you're an active listener, you're listening to understand. And I think the reason why a lot of leaders fail to be great listeners or to really implement what we call active listening, Dan, is because they're either too high on themselves. They think they already have the answers. They think they know what to do and how to respond. And so they don't take the time to really listen on that heart level. And this is why it's important. We got to be an active listener. I also think that it's a challenge for a leader because we want to provide solutions. It's not that we have the answers all the time. We just want to feel like we're helping. And for some of us, we feel paralyzed if we don't give an answer, we feel like we, we're not being supportive if we don't have something to say. And so we just try to respond. We just try to answer without really, truly listening. We've got to learn to connect, repeat what's being said to us, understand what's being said, either by asking for more clarification or asking more questions 
And then we got to remember what mom always taught us growing up. God gave us two ears and one mouth. I'm glad you mentioned that, Dave. Uh, being a sales leader for all these years, I can tell you that I've had one-on-ones with my sales managers as, their, as the head of sales. And I can tell you that the coaching I give to them doesn't always imitate the coaching they give to their employees. Right. And we, we, we get so used to looking at stats. So I'm just going to bring this in from a uh, stat level. As a sales leader, you always want to look at your outbound calls, inbound calls. How long were you on the call? Um, did you go through all the sales points? Did you move the customer through the sales cycle? Were you, were you able to ask a lot of open-ended questions? Were you able to close the loop on the sale? How long were you on the call? How many times have you called that customer? Uh, what did, when did you reach out? Because what time of the day did you reach out? There's so much stats that we use to determine the effectiveness of an employee. But sometimes we don't put ourselves in their shoes to really understand what is going on. This employee was really amazing Monday through Thursday, but for some reason today on Friday, this employee is not doing well. I can pull up the stats and show the employee exactly all the areas they're not doing well in, but I'm not being, I'm not showing empathy, right? The key is listening. It requires practicing, practicing, active listening requires practicing mindfulness. This skill set requires a high level of self-awareness. I think sometimes we get into the motion, we get into the flow and we just forget to take a step back. As you said, when you're, you're having these conversations with your wife, it's so easy to to say, okay, I'm going to say this. She said that I'm going to think about these 10 points. And when she, when she stops speaking, I'm going to go and jump in there with what I got to say. That's not listening. The problem today with leadership is that we're not present. Mm. Just not present. We're, we're not listening to understanding. We're trying to listen for silence so we mm. can speak. We're not listening to understand the person. We really got to take a conscious effort to silence the internal noise to silence our thoughts in our head, to just get rid of all that, to hear the message, to listen to the message of the heart. This is where listening lends to the speaker feeling understood. I think so many times, uh, myself being married, my wife is speaking to me, and in the early years of our marriage, rather than trying to listen to help her feel understood, it's more of listening to find out what she says bad about me so I can go and counter that. And then once I counter that, give her something bad about herself. Right. Yeah, I'm one up on you. That's, that's really the problem. I mean, this, this really, I really believe that leadership isn't just about listening anymore. It's about listening to understand. Putting yourself in that person's shoes. Walking a thousand miles in their shoes, basically, right? That's really what it comes down to. So it helps all the parties. When when I feel listened to, I feel valued. When I feel listened to, I feel willing to be more vulnerable. This gives the leader permission to uncover the heart, to find out what's really the message, what's really going on, to really help somebody feel and grow better in who they are. Yeah, I agree, Dan. I'm so glad you made that point. It's taking time to silence that internal noise of your own thoughts. And I know that as leaders, there's so much of us that is in a way programmed to want to answer, programmed to want to provide a solution, programmed to want to be a hero. And the best thing we can do sometimes is to silent that noise, silent that internal mechanism 
and really listen to understand. That's that active listening, making that conscious effort to say, no, Dave, don't try to respond. Try to understand. Something I want to talk about, Dan, and perhaps we can take just a few moments to really dig into this, is really talk about nonverbal language, nonverbal cues. What about eye contact? I, I really do want to state that it's important that we focus on giving our attention. You use the word present, being present. I can't think of another way of showing your present than by giving your eye contact, by showing the person you're speaking with or the crowd you're giving some time with your full undivided attention by looking at them, showing them that you're there. This to me ensures that all parties are being connected. And it gives me the sense that you're allowing yourself to be in position to be a sponge, to hear what's being said. And then in turn, the audience or the person you're speaking with, the group you're speaking with, they in a way give you permission mm-hmm. to hear them. But you can't do this without proper eye contact. I can't tell you the times I'm having conversations with people that they start getting distracted, looking other places. And I wonder if what I'm saying is even valued. Is it really important? Eye contact is vital. Don't you think, Dan? I totally agree, Dave. Body language, eye contact. So crucial. Can you imagine coming to work, having a one-on-one with your manager and he or she, before you say anything, has their arms crossed like this. And they not only have it crossed, they have their head tilted and, and leaning back a little bit, like a little smirk on their face. You're not going to want to be open. You're going to be like, well, why am I speaking in the first place? You don't care. Mm-hmm. Why am I even here? You don't care. So body language can reveal so much about a leader's ability to empathize with his or her employees. That's really the key to be able to sit down with an employee, specifically if you're in a position of leadership or in a position of influence. Don't cross your arms. No. Don't play with your phone. Don't slouch and lean back. Like I'm just not interested. Put your hands across your face like, man, when this is going to be over? I mean, everything your child does, if you, especially your teenager, don't do that yourself to your employees. I think so many times when I, when I see that, a part of me just wants to pull away. If you've ever been on, on a date or sat down with your best friend and your phone, you're talking to them and you're looking at your phone, you're typing, typing, typing. They're going to be like, am I important? Right. Why are you here? Why am I here? <clears throat> if you don't have time for me, it's okay. And that's really the key. It's about nodding. It's about that look. Sometimes leaning in when a person is speaking. Sometimes opening your eyes and looking right at them. And then after you've done the verbal cues, the next step of the evolution of, of a leader is to, you know, verbally give a cue. Like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, I'm sorry to hear that. I can see what you mean. Tell me more. Sometimes after you've done the body language, then you've done the verbal cue. The last thing to do is to do a pat on the back, your your hand on their shoulder, a hug if it's your best friend, or simply sitting next to the person. So following those steps shows the individual that you are being considerate of who they are as an individual and you're being in a position where they feel valued. That's really the key. Yeah, Dan, that's a good point. And 
we talk about the nonverbal cues and how to use nonverbal language. What I often share with those I'm training, when you compare what we call the actual words being spoken, the tone at which they're spoken at, and nonverbal, nonverbal really is the most powerful because it's the very beginning of what we feel. Are we engaged? And when we talk about the eye contact, there was a quote by Samuel Richardson in which he stated, where words are restrained, the eyes often talk a great deal. And then you talked about the body language, leaning in. You mentioned earlier, Dan, just even a nod communicates that we're engaged. A smile. Trying to figure out how we can connect with them. And then, like you said earlier, once we connect on that level, we show that we're intrigued. We show that we're in tune with them, that we're trying to understand where they're coming from. Then we start using certain words. It starts off small. It starts off with a, tell me more. I understand. I'm sorry to hear that. That's getting them to continue to stay open, continue to be vulnerable. It makes them feel safe to want to continue to share more. That's why we have to do that. And like you said earlier, sometimes he's sitting there is the best thing we can do to show that we care and show true empathy. So Dan, I love how something so simple can go a long way to show empathy, but what can leaders do more with their words besides acknowledging with a simple, tell me more, or I understand. What else can leaders do to show empathy or express empathy with words? Well, first of all, before we go down too deep with that, leaders need to understand there's no script for empathy. Right, it's true. It's not something when, a, when your employee sits down, you're going to pull up that piece of paper and as you're speaking, you're going to read off this list, right? That's not empathy. Mm. It takes a little bit more work than that. This is something that all people can grow in. All leaders can grow in. Here are some phrases. If we had to go down that, here's some phrases you can try in addition to repeating it, your own words by being intentional with your listening. The key is, first of all, be intentional with your listening. Mm. Validate their emotions. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Right. But you can acknowledge the person's right to their feelings. Also, you, you don't need to turn this into a conversation to you. You this, you that, you this, you that. Really start reflecting on your own pain, your own history. Sometimes as your friend, spouse, employee is speaking, you may be able to reflect upon what you were going through. Remember, at the end of the day, this will affect your organization. This will affect your employing. That's really what it comes down to. So just a couple of questions to help people understand this. Okay. You must ask questions so that you can better understand the speaker. And that speaker is going to be your spouse, your employee, your child, your neighbor, whatever that be. So in order to do that, ask clarifying questions. How do you feel about mm -hmm. that? Can you tell me more? What do you mean? What would be helpful? What do you make of that? And remember, as you ask these questions, don't be stoic asking questions like this. Add a little feeling behind it. Hey, tell me more. What do you mean? Would that be helpful? Now, you can say the same word, what do you mean? And it can come across very negative. <laughs> hey, what do you mean by that? You're right. That's a lot different than, what do you mean? Dan, I agree with you on that one. And I, and I really like how you phrase it, that it's how you state even those very questions that can 
either open them up more or it can shut that down quickly. And I think empathetic leaders, they know how to shift to talking about how they would address it to how we can be a team in addressing this. And I think that's a valuable tool that leaders should really learn to put in their arsenal or put in their tool belt. Instead of wanting to quickly give an answer or a resolution to the challenge that's before you, why not be more inquisitive and explore that with the audience or that teammate, coworker, spouse, child? Why not ask the question of how would you approach this or how should we approach this? And I think that when you shift those words from we and us to, you know, really making that the point versus I and me, that's what's really going to make them feel empowered. That's what's really going to make them feel supported. So I came across some research, Dan, that showed how changing your language can be the most vital step toward adopting true empathy as an attitude. People who use more second-person pronouns are better at interpreting other people's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. This is the essence of empathy. We want you to genuinely connect with somebody. We want you to make that bond. And so instead of saying things like, here's what I would do, how about let's talk about what we're going to do? How are we going to get through this versus here's what I want you to do to get through this? Yep. When you replace the I, me versus we, us, and you even throw in the word sometimes you, it really helps to bridge that connection. And they really truly, truly feel like they have a leader that understands what they're going through. And even if they don't quite understand, they feel like they have a leader who demonstrates true empathy. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. Thank you for checking out the Twins Talk It Up podcast. If you're enjoying this program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon at patreon.com slash DSB Leadership Speaking. Also, consider leaving a great rating on iTunes and comment on our other platforms. If you would like more information or would like to become a guest on a future episode, please send a message via our website, www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. I think that's um, pretty amazing, Dave. I, I, I want to hear a little bit more. Do you have any scenarios or maybe something personal, something professional or something else that will give us a little bit more insight? Yeah, sure, Dan. Why not? Uh, I, I'll tear a couple. Let me talk a little bit about my personal story <laughs> and then I'll share one from a 
what I call business story. And it's really, they're both personal. And that's how we carry ourselves as leaders in what we do. But a few years ago, a couple of years ago, my son came home discouraged one day and I wasn't quite sure what was wrong or why he was discouraged. And when we sat down and then I got him to open up a little bit, he didn't make his school's basketball team. Hmm. And he had made it to the very last day of tryouts and was initially told he had made the team only to be told later that he had to make another cut and he was discouraged. And my thought as a father was what? I can't believe that coach cut you. What is wrong with him? He doesn't know talent. In fact, I bet this year they're gonna have a terrible year. That was my first thought. My first thought was to say that. My second thought was, man, you're the best point guard by far in the school. He's got to be biased. He's got to be prejudiced. He's, he's got to have been told somebody else was going to be that person. Or maybe he had to end with another parent. Hmm. But I'm going to tell you, Dan, that's an ineffective. That's ineffective when you're a father trying to connect with your children to throw that out. Because too much of the focus is on you being surprised. Yeah. How upset you would have been instead of focusing on how disappointed and upset they were. So wisdom through trial and error, I've made mistakes with them. I tried as a parent to say, let me listen. Let me understand how he's feeling about this. Let me figure out why he was disappointed. Mm-hmm. And what he's thinking about this before I render any type of judgment. And, you know, that's what happened because I want him to process, Dan, how disappointed he was. I want him to process how he was feeling because maybe he couldn't put his feeling into words. For me, my feelings, because I may not be as mature or I may not know exactly how to express myself at the time, I might want to get angry. I might want to shut in. So I wanted to give him the opportunity to try to process what he was feeling and to get out there what was going on. You're right, bro. I think at the end of the day, as parents, we forget our children are children. Yeah. Their brains are a child brain. We don't sometimes give our child enough time to yeah. process what happened, to process their disappointment. We cannot let our sadness eclipse their sadness. Mm. So what is the right way to respond? And I hope that that's the way you responded. Well, Dan, I don't know if there's always a right and wrong way. You'd mentioned in the beginning of our talk today that there's no manuscript, right? Mm-hmm. There's no manual. And I would believe even with parenting, there's no correct manual per se. But you can learn as a parent to show true empathy. And so for our conversation, I just try to look at him, place my hand on his shoulder, and just give him time to talk. And it was silent for a while. And in my insecurity, I wanted to say something, but I really bit my tongue. And I tried to let him talk. And then I remember saying something to the effect of, I know you worked really hard for this. I know trying to be a good father. That, that? That's a good, you're trying to be a good father, bro. That's really at the end of the day. I love that. I mean, really at the end of the day, you bit your tongue. Yeah. You didn't say anything. And really what people don't realize by doing that, you've given your child an environment where they felt safe, safe enough to open up. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. I appreciate you sharing that, Dan. And, and I will say the great, the bright side of this is that we, we are more closely connected now. And I think it's because of times like that where he feels like he could trust me enough to bear his heart. And I'll tell you this, that young man worked even harder, made his team the following year and the year after that. And I could see him being even more determined, not just with sport, but with academics 
and with relationships. And I'm just glad that he feels like he could talk to me about that. You know, I'm proud of the, the man my nephew is becoming. I mean, talking about a professional situation, he is growing leaps and bounds. I'm definitely proud of that. Thanks for sharing that, Dave. I appreciate it, Dan. And I will say that, as you mentioned earlier, he's becoming a great man, and I am proud of him. And I try not to mess with him in sports because I think he's getting to a point where he can start beating me. Well, you know. <laughs> so uh, here's an example. You asked me about a personal and yeah. somewhat a business setting. Professional one. Yep. Here's the professional environment. Not too long ago, a few years ago, I was a regional director of a firm and I had oversight of the company's growth efforts east of the Mississippi River. That's kind of what we said. And really the country of Canada as well. And there was an employee, a member of my team, who was in an interesting spot. He had a mother who had been very ill. And so here's what happened. And here's, I'm going to share, if I can, Dan, kind of the what I would call the wrong approach and a more appropriate approach to responding. Okay. So came into my office, kind of a little downcast, a little discouraged. I wasn't quite sure what was wrong, but I knew I had to kind of close my laptop, hear the man out. And he told me about his mom becoming gravely ill and that he may have to move or he may have some time off to, to really attend to her. So the first thing I said was, I'm really sorry to hear that. Hmm. Had I been insensitive, I might have said something like this. Man, that's tough. I, I know you got to make plans to go visit, but, 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 but hey, look, before you go, let's talk about how to shore up your, your, your pipeline. Let's make sure we hand off, transition those leads, because we got to hit our quota this month. That would have been very insensitive, don't you think, Dad? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ouch. <laughs> That's definitely not the way to respond. I mean, even if you're trying to make your team hit their quota, I don't think that's a, the right way to respond, right? Right. It would have been very insincere. And he would have probably left that conversation, gone to take care of his mom, the last situations for her and the family, and he may never have come back. Mm. Or if he would have come back, he would not have come back the same man. So These how did you respond? I mean, what, really, what'd you do? Well, I think what I try to try to keep in mind, Dan, is that what I felt if that was my mom. Mm. And I know that ultimately he does care about his production. He cares about the team as a whole. I've got to give him that grace. I've got to give him that opportunity. So what I did was I sat there. The laptop was down. I said I was sorry to hear about his mother. Is there anything that I could do to be of support and help? And I just let him talk. And he started going to get a story about what happened to his mom, her health, what was done, how he needed to fly out to take care of her. He wasn't quite sure to do it. He was kind of frazzled, Dan, to be honest with you. And I just let him talk. And I didn't try to provide solutions right away. And I said, thank you for sharing those things with me. Just let me know how we could be of support to you and your family. Mm. That's, what, that's what it was. And he said, thank you, Dave. I'm not sure what I could do. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I said, I'm sure it'll come to you. And when it does, just let me know. And he walked out of the office. Now, oh. I summed that up pretty quickly, Dan, but the truth of the matter is he was professional. After he was able to sort things out with his family, his travel plans, he actually took it upon himself, Dan, to actually take his accounts in this pipeline and transition it to other different reps to try to close. Mm -hmm. And then he sent me an email with a summary of his pipeline and what he was thinking about doing. Right. 
I, I really was blown away by how mature he was, how he, willing he was to do that. And I would have to think that maybe perhaps that came because he felt like he had the flexibility to do that versus mm-hmm. just feeling like I was going to come down on him about his accounts. I agree. That, I mean, that is, that's awesome. That is fantastic. What a difference a response makes by being a little bit, yeah. just a little bit putting yourself in that person's shoes. He was able to confide in you. That's the key of leadership. It's the ability to communicate with empathy. I, I love how we can learn to speak with empathy when we've grown and developed the right heart set. We talked about the heart set versus mindset, right? Yeah. So everybody, we want to thank you so very much for joining this episode of Twins Talk It Up. Along with my twin brother, David, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying this program, please consider giving it a five-star rating and even becoming a sponsor by visiting patreon.com slash DSP Leadership Speaking. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up Speaking Podcast. Make it a great day, everyone. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up Podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.